we've become this, this, this society of complete checklists, haven't we? You can get a, uh, a checklist on your cell phone now, a to-do list. You can do it on your, uh, your computer. You can uh, sticky notes. Thank God for sticky notes, right? All over your car, on your forehead, just everywhere to remind you of what to do. Um, there's so much to do. And maybe that video, as you look at it, is like, dude, that is my life. I feel like that's my life. Just go, 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 go with so much to do, and it, and it can feel extremely overwhelming at times. And, uh, and as you think about all the things you have to do tomorrow, today is Sunday, you still get it off a little bit, but uh, tomorrow, tomorrow the week starts. How many of you in here have already started to think through everything that you have to accomplish tomorrow? Wow, wow. Okay, um, I have a prize, so play along. How many of you... And, and I'll just have to take your word for it. There's no way to confirm this unless we follow you around tomorrow with a camera crew. But how many of you uh, have got more than 20 things already on your list that you have to accomplish for tomorrow? 20. One right here? Oh, okay. Keep your hands up because you might win an amazing prize. All right? More than 25 things that you're aware of. Holy crow. You guys both look extremely stressed out. <laughs> uh, uh, more than 30? A hand just went up <laughs> in the back. Wow. 35? You're, it's down. Okay. Yeah. He's, seriously, more than 40? Are you kidding me? Oh, his hand went down. Somebody give that lady a back rub and just love on her. I, I brought you this. We spared no expense here. Just squeeze this today and hopefully that'll uh, release some stress. Can you imagine waking up tomorrow morning having more than 40 things to do? You, you can. The rest of us are like, wow, holy cow. I have like one thing on my list, get up. You know? <laughs> Change clothes, right? Uh, life, is, life is pretty crazy. And, and, and the question is, in the midst of the craziness and all the stuff we have to do, how is it that you and I connect with God in the midst of all of that? Because what I tend to think happens is that God becomes just another thing on our checklist of things to do. Um, and we've talked about it the last couple weeks. Pray. Okay, check. I've done that. Have devotions. Okay, check. I've done that. Okay, go to church. Check. D- did, did that. Show up to small group. Check. Occasionally do, do that, right? And just check off the things. And as a result, I really am starting to think that as, as, as Christians, followers of Christ, we start to car- compartmentalize our relationship with Him. And, and really, what, what I mean by that is we start to relegate like portions of our life, you know? And so right over here is where I, I, I live, I live with, with God. Or right over here is where I deal with my relationship with God. And then I've got, I've got work life and this life and all this other. Okay, case in point. Like today, you're, you're here at K2, and, and uh, you may leave here. I hope you leave here like pretty inspired today. Woo! You know, and you're living here kind of, kind of just like really high on life and, and, and you're excited and, and, and you're like, man, it really felt good to be here this morning. I hope that's how you leave. And, and maybe you're thinking that's what I needed. And as you walk out of here, you start passing out flowers, right? And randomly uh, giving hugs to people that don't want them. And, and as you get into the car, you're just feeling this overwhelming amount of love, Right? Right? Yeah. And as, and as you're driving home, you see a hitchhiker and you think to stop and pick them up, but the hockey mask deters you. So you drive on and <laughs> stop out for the grocery store and you're just feeling so warm from K2 that you actually return the cart to the corral. Does anyone feel really good when you do that? I do. I don't know why. It's just so dumb. I'm like, wow, check it out, you know? 
and you feel good, and maybe you go home and you volunteer extra in your house today, doing above and beyond, and, and, and <laughs> oh, yeah, because it was a great day at church. It was, it was God's day, and then bam, Monday hits. Cue, cue the minor chords there, dun, 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 right? Monday hits, and, and, and you hit the world running, and you arrive at work or school with your own agenda, right, and, and, and the ambition for the week and your goals for the week, and then somebody crosses you. <laughs> and you've lost that love and feeling, right? right? You know what I'm talking about? Everything that happened yesterday is now actually being flushed, you know, and, and, and leaving and just coursing out of your body because the, the week has hit, and you're feeling like, dude, game on, game on, because today... I'm at work. You know, I'm having, a, I'm, I'm having some fun with that, but I'm telling you, if, we, if I were to ask you to admit that, I think that is probably closer to the truth than we realize. Because I think we start to compartmentalize our relationship, our faith, our connection with God. Because why wouldn't we? We compartmentalize everything else in our life. And so we tend to do the same thing with God. Some of you are wondering why I'm looking like an idiot wearing a backpack. <laughs> and so now, and, uh, here's the deal. I, I think this is probably a, a decent way to illustrate it. Is that this backpack, each one of us carries one of these. You know, it might represent our faith, our, our relationship with God, our connection with God. And a couple of weeks ago, we started this series about how to get God into our life. And there were several things that we, we talked about. And the first one we talked about, uh, Dave kicked it off talking about God's Word. And, and actually making God's word a part of my life. And, and, and I, I hope some of you really took him up on that challenge about reading and consuming God's word so that I can, I can get it into my life. It, it just, just not spending time in the morning, but actually get it into my life and hide it in there so that it's part of my connection with God. So I, I think that actually goes into, into our relationship with him. Last week, Craig Mays was here from Kensington Community Church. Wasn't he awesome? Amazing. I love that man. And he, he talked about prayer and, and, and how that needs to be a part of getting God into our life. The, the irony of, of this whole title of this series is getting God into our life. That's just kind of funny, right? It's more like us getting into God's way. But one of the ways that we can actually start to connect our life with, with him is what, what Craig talked about. And that is actually just simply through prayer. Couldn't come up with anything else, all right? So, right? Because when I think about spending time with God, I don't, think, I don't think cell phone, because it feels like long distance, right? I'm talking FaceTime, FaceTime with God, spending time with him in prayer and actually communing with him. And I, I think that's vital. And I hope some of you have actually taken Craig up on it. And even this week, this past week, started to develop prayer in your life. So that you can connect with God. I think, I think that goes in here. I think there's a lot of other stuff that can go in here. I think w- probably one of them is, is like a really nice warm fuzzy blanket. Um, we're not going to need that much longer here as summer comes. But this warm fuzzy blanket maybe just kind of represents the feeling that, that, that I have from God's love. Now understand me clearly. The Bible says don't base my relationship off a of feeling. But I'm telling you, I'm made as an emotional being. God made me that way. I don't know about you, but it feels really good to know that God loves me, and that's a huge part of my faith. 
is understanding that he cares about me. Warm, fuzzy blanket. I bet there's a lot of other stuff that, that goes into this, this faith. <laughs> I can't get it on. But the rhetorical question I have for you is what, what do you do? What do you do with your backpack? What do you do with your faith? How, how, what do you do with this connection with God? Because I think sometimes, like, like in that video, I think sometimes when Monday morning hits, we simply just leave it at home. Right? Because we're compartmentalizing our life. I think sometimes we just leave it sitting there. It's all loaded up. It's all ready to go. But I've checked it all off the list. And I'll leave it by the door. I think sometimes, maybe we don't leave it at home, but it actually might actually get on the commute with us. <laughs> and we might just leave it in our car. Or maybe tucked away in the trunk where no one can see it, right? Because, because when I get to work, maybe, maybe it actually starts, starts to come off a little bit. Because now I need to get down to business. My, my, my hope and, and prayer for you this morning is that that's not what happens. As we talk about getting God into our life, we talked about prayer and we, we talked about reading his word. And today we're going to actually center on getting God into our life through daily living with him. See, this is weird because when we normally talk about walking with God, we normally always go to prayer and, and studying his word. And those are very, very important. But what about the rest of the day? <laughs> what about actually walking with him 24-7? What does that look like to where it starts to invade every part of who I am and every part of my being and, and every part of, of me that interacts with other people? Do I experience that with God? It Does it influence the way that I think and the way I feel and the way I treat other people? Or do I simply just compartmentalize it and just leave it there and I think if we're honest with ourselves we've got to admit this is a difficult topic because life life is really busy here's an observation though I believe as I've thought about this topic I believe that that the key to to really understanding or better connecting with God throughout our day is to recognize when I'm tempted to actually set it down. See, if I, if I can start to understand when I'm tempted to set my faith down or when I'm tempted to, to just kind of do my own thing and compartmentalize God, when, when I understand when I set it down, when I set my faith down, my relationship with him, I can start to understand then how to actually pick it back up and live with him. There, there, there are lots of reasons why we set down our faith, why we compartmentalize God. I'm just going to give you a few off the top of my head. You will come up with so much more than I will, but here are just a few off the top of my head. The first one is, I, th I think we set, set it down oftentimes because it becomes an integrity issue. It's easy to drop your backpack when no one's watching you, right? It's easy not to live with Christ when no one's watching you, thinking that I can get away with this, you know? I'm a Christian and I believe in forgiveness and that's my plan B. <laughs> that's a horrible plan. It's true. But that's a horrible way to live. I think sometimes we might just slip off one, one part of the backpack as we, as we laugh at a, a crass joke or a racial, a racial joke like that. Or sometimes we might actually start to take the backpack off as, 
as we realize we're running late to an appointment because we've procrastinated in getting there. And by the time we get to the appointment, we're already late. And so we walk in and we tell the person traffic was, traffic was bad. It was all backed up, man. No big deal, right? And suddenly, my faith, my relationship with God starts to come off a shoulder. Or maybe you're on a business trip. You're traveling a lot and you you head to your hotel room, right? You take your backpack off and you leave it out in the hallway. Your, Your relationship with God gets checked at the door because some of the stuff you might be viewing inside of your hotel room while you're away from your spouse or your family. Or maybe you, you, you've shown up to school and you've totally forgot you just spaced it that the assignment was due, right? And so you slip out of your backpack just for a moment so your buddy can help you out. That's not a big deal, right? Right? See, I think sometimes we set down our faith during the day, our, our relationship during the day with God, because it's an integrity issue and we start to compromise our relationship with him. I think sometimes we set down our backpack and our relationship with God because it's a money issue. It's a real money issue. And, and I realize that money actually might be actually a, a, like a sub-point of integrity, but I think it's pretty big that we have to talk about it. I think sometimes, uh, I, I, know, I know people actually drop their backpacks because they're out to make a buck. And maybe some of this sounds familiar to you. Maybe taking unlawful uh, tax, tax um, deductions or write-offs or not recording cash transitions. It's not a big deal, right? It becomes an integrity issue, though. Or, 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 or spending, spending the company's money on personal items or, or, or taking every opportunity you can to make more money no matter, no matter what the fallout or the collateral damage that might happen because money is really important. So suddenly I start to slip out of my backpack and I compartmentalize my faith and I set God aside because I've already checked it off, man. I've already checked it off. And so right now I'm living for me. Or maybe you're really good at sales <laughs> and you're able to manipulate people into buying something that they actually don't really need, but the bottom line for you is commission. See, that's an integrity issue. And an integrity issue means that we slip out of our backpack at times, our faith, our relationship with God. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this. You can see it on the screen. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. See, money is not evil. (laughs) Money is a great vehicle to do great things. But what I'm talking about here is what we do for money oftentimes will compromise us, and we drop our backpack. Or maybe, maybe it's not an integrity issue about slipping out of our relationship with God during the day. Maybe it's just the pace of life. Maybe, maybe that really resonates with you. Are you feeling hurried or like really fatigued or like, I can't even concentrate on God because my mind is going in a billion different directions, Right? I, I, it would be so much easier if I was just a monk. <laughs> you know, I could just press grapes and make bread and just concentrate on God. I would love that. Would you not love that? But I'm sure even in that lifestyle, I would become distracted. That's just the nature of who we are. But that's not what God intended it. But in this, in this life, we are often rushed and running about, and, 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 and this, this pace of life does not 
does not allow us to have this relationship with God that he intended and that we long for. It depletes us of the capacity to really connect with him. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You feel like you don't even have the energy or the freedom or the ability or whatever to live walking with God 24-7 throughout the day because you're, you're, you're just struggling with this incredible pace of life. And before you know it, God starts taking this backseat to your agenda, backseat to your calendar because every moment of your day is booked. And we've compartmentalized them and we've checked them off the list. So I want you to take inventory of your life right now before we go on. Where's your backpack? Backpack, backpack. <laughs> Where is it? Only those of you with kids are laughing. Is it sitting on the floor? Is it hidden away in your trunk? I've been pondering this for a while, and the question I've been pondering is how do we actually get God into our life? And I think if we were to ask the, the patriarchs of, of the Bible, the, the, the folks that went on before us, how do you walk with God? How do you get God in your, how do you connect with God? I don't think that they would say, you should do your devotions in the morning. Maybe, I don't, maybe they would, but I don't think that they would even use that word. I don't think they would say, you should pray for maybe 15 minutes before you go. You should pray in the shower. You know, I, I don't think that it would, it would be a list that is similar to a checkoff list. What I think that we would find, if we were to ask the patriarchs this, what I think that we would find is that they would say, you walk with God. You, you walk with God. You commune. You have a relationship with God. How do I have a relationship with my wife? I don't have a to-do list with her. I don't check it off. Kiss her today. Okay, I did that. Smile from across the table. Okay, okay. Brush up against her in the kitchen. <sighs> Did it yesterday. That counts. You know, I, I, don't, I don't do this with her. Why? Because it's a relationship. It's organic. In Genesis chapter, chapter 6, uh, lost myself. Chapter 5, Enoch. It says Enoch walked with God. Genesis chapter 6, it says Noah walked with God. In Genesis chapter 7, these are, these are huge guys. Abraham, what did he do? He walked with God. So the question is, how do you and I walk with God outside of prayer, outside of reading our Bible, which is very important and, 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 and foundational to our relationship with God, how do we get him into our life every single day? And I think if we were able to just go back in time and talk with some of these patriarchs, I think that they would, they would give us some deeper truths to really understand what this relationship looks like. And in the balance of our time today, that's what I want to do. I want to share with you just some real practical ways that I, that I have found and stuff that I've found in Scripture that, that allows me to engage in Jesus Christ, to engage and get this thing back on. So I'd like to invite you, grab your pen, because this is going to be extremely practical today. Grab your pen, grab your, your, your program, so that you can maybe reflect on a few of these things later. How do we engage with God all throughout the day? Here's the first one. The psalmist says in uh, Psalm 118, verse 24, here's what he says. This day, this day belongs to the Lord. Let's celebrate and be glad in it. What, what, what day is the psalmist talking about? This day, not, not Sunday. Well, he actually is talking about Sunday. 
But he's talking, if you read this on Monday, it's still this day. Oh, Monday now. If you read it later on, it's Thursday, it's this day. It's every day, he's saying. Not just checking it off on the weekends. This day belongs to the Lord. Here's the first, first observation that I make from Scripture about how to get God into our day. It starts by acknowledging, write this down, acknowledging that each day is the Lord's. I want to shorten it up. Say this with me. Each day is God's. Say it with me. Each day is God's. That was lousy participation. Each day is God's. Thank you. And that's what the psalmist is saying. And I know this is a hard concept, especially it's a hard concept for me to swallow. Because I, I sort of feel like, you know, the Lord's day is, it's Sunday, right? Right? That's, that's our cultural, how it is. And that Monday through Saturday actually belongs to me. But that's not what the psalmist is saying here. He goes, no way. Every day belongs to him. That's the secret of starting to engage with God is knowing and acknowledging that every day is his. Because when I acknowledge that, it does something really wild in my life. It actually starts putting God in the driver's seat and now I am engaging his day. See, when God engages my day, it actually becomes a checklist most of the time. But when I start to engage God's day, ah, his agenda starts be, to become my agenda. His desires start to become my desires, right? His game plan, because it's his day after all, which means he's in control, his game plan starts to become, starts to become my game plan. And when I acknowledge that this day is his, I give him control. In other words, every, every breath I take, Every move I make. I saw that in my notes last night. I'm like, wow, this sounds really familiar, right? <laughs> I knew you laughed because I did. Every, every conversation, every situation, experience, everything that I start, to, start to, to, to experience during the day becomes a chance because it's God's day to author what he wants for my life. It starts, it starts feeling like there's a great anticipation about what is God going to do next because this is his day. Oh, I don't know if you read Philip Yancey. He is a great author. And here's what he says about this. I just quote and quoting from him. In a play or a movie, the most ordinary events, like walking out to buy a paper, getting into a car, answering the phone, may have momentous implications. The plot actually might hinge on such details. The audience watches carefully because it doesn't know which one may prove significant or provide an essential clue. Yancey goes on to say, and, and sum it up like this, life with God is like that, for God's presence gives new potentiality to every single event. And when I start acknowledging that the day actually doesn't belong to me, that the day that I live today, tomorrow, is, is God's day. <laughs> you know what that means? That means that there is no ordinary day. Some of you are dreading tomorrow because it means it's back to the grind. I'm sorry, the psalmist said, today is the day that belongs to the, uh, the Lord. Let's what? Let's celebrate and be glad in it because there is no ordinary day. Day. And I feel like out of this verse comes this new kind of formula. And I, I, I think it's like this. God plus my life 
plus question mark equals new potential. What, what is that question mark? Just fill it in. Going, uh, Mary and I were talking about this the other day. Going to the grocery store. Gassing up your car. Dropping the kids off to soccer practice. Sitting at the dentist's office. Sitting at the board table. Driving in traffic. God plus my life plus whatever's going on actually means that if I'm walking in God's day and it's his agenda and his game plan and his desires for my life, there's new potentiality that I have not even realized yet because he, he is in the driver's seat. Okay, second, here's another observation that we see from Scripture. The first one is acknowledging how do I connect with God? How do I actually start to wear my backpack throughout my day 24-7? Acknowledging that the day belongs to God. Here's the second one. We've got to go to Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 and 13. And I want to read this really carefully. Oh, I wish that I could actually spend a lot of time unpacking and teaching on this verse, but I'm going to actually leave that to you this week. Write down this verse. And, and, and if you are feeling lonely or helpless right now or, or, or feeling um, stressed out or feeling like you've just been buried or rolled over, you, I want to really encourage you to soak in the, this, these verses here. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Here's what it says. Don't be afraid. Why? For I'm with you. Right, right there. If we did not read the rest of the verse, some of you are just going, that's good because I, I need somebody with me. I'm sitting in a crowd right now surrounded by a ton of people and I feel so alone. The promise here is that you do not need to be afraid. I am with you is what he says. It goes on. Don't be discouraged. Why not? For I am your God. I will, what's the word there? Strengthen. I'm going to strengthen you. In other words, I'm going to give you power that you did not have. I'm going to, I'm going to make your feeble arms and your feeble soul strong. I'm going to strengthen you and I will help you. I will, I love this, I will hold you up. How? With my victorious right hand. Do you, do you, do you sense the power in this? It, it is just dripping with power from God. Verse 13, again, for I hold you. Picture this, if you will. Picture you. For I hold you, Andy Marshall, so I hold you, Eric Linquist. So I hold you, Chris. I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God. And I, this is what I say to you. I say this to you. Do not be afraid. Why? Because I'm here. I'm here. To do what? To help you. Here's the second truth about walking with God. The first one is acknowledging the day belongs to him. The second one that I see from the scripture here is remembering that he is with you always. Say this with me. God is with me. Thank you. God is with me. The day belongs to God. God is with me. When the, uh, what's, what's the first thing that the angel said when, when, uh, when, uh, when he appeared to Mary and Joseph? He said, fear not. First thing he said, fear not. What was the first thing that the angel said when when, when he appeared to the shepherds in the field, what did he say? Fear not. What's the first thing that was uttered by, by the angel to Mary at the tomb? Actually, no. It was, uh, don't be afraid. <laughs> Fairly similar. But the, the, the whole entire phrase, fear not, it's actually found in God's word 365 times. Wow, one for every single day. Fear not. 
Fear not that job interview, because I'm with you. Fear, fear not becoming a new mom or dad. Why? Because I will help you. Fear not starting college. I'm there. Fear not with the decision-making that is in front of you. Why? Because I'll guide you. Fear not that, uh, for your children. Why? Because I love them way more than you do or ever could. Fear not death. Why? Because I am the resurrected one. Fear not being alone. Why? Because I will never leave you. Fear not because I hold you. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you through whatever your day looks like. God says, my presence is with you. And as I read Isaiah chapter 41 here, I see this very powerful, strong strength that we're, that we're seeing and pulling out of these verses here. But do you know what I also see? I see this incredible picture of intimacy. We were in, in California last year, and, uh, which is a pretty big deal for my kiddos, you know, living in Utah. We see lots of beach, but no water. And and so we had explained to them all about the ocean, and, and they had seen it, and I think that we, we had actually gone before. But, but last year was just really a, a great occasion for them because at five and seven, they're really starting to, to connect with the power in the ocean. So we kicked off our shoes and our socks, and it was, it was really cold. So we rolled up our pant legs, right? You can always tell who's, who's there, who's a uh, tourist, right? Because <laughs> we're all got our coats on with our pant legs up waiting out there. And I'm walking with Addie, and, and it's just this moment where I just, I want to be a dad with my daughter. I so badly want to hold her hand. And I reached down, I grabbed her hand, and she just kind of pulls it away. And, uh, you know, I'm seven, and she starts walking into the waves, and she's loving it, and she's laughing. And then this wave comes. And it's not huge, I mean, but it goes up to her knees, and, and immediately her hand comes right back up. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, but I have to tell you, that was, that was, for me as a dad, that's the moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, you still need me, you know? <laughs> and you will always need me. That's what I hear in Isaiah 41 here. I am with you. Some of you need to hear that today. The amazing encouragement, you're not alone. See, some, some of you actually have this on and you're going through your day and you still are feeling alone because of the stress and the discouragement of life. This week, here's your assignment this week. Soak in Isaiah chapter 41. You are not alone. Last Romans 8, 31 says this. Hmm. What shall we say about such wonderful things as this? Let me, let me just give you some little bit background. Romans chapter 8. Paul has gone on and on for the last 10 verses about how incredible the amazing love of God is and the provisions that God has made. And so here, here in verse 31, Paul like pauses, and it's almost like he's saying, I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of finding words to describe how I feel about what God has done. And that's how he starts off, verse 31 here. What shall we say about such wonderful things? I can't even pick the words because it's so amazing what God has done. But he finishes it off, and he sums it up like this. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
how do, we, how do we walk and connect with God 24-7 throughout our day, in, in, our, in our hours where we're at school and work and, and in the home with our children and, and, and out doing errands and doing all these things? It starts with acknowledging that today is God's day. It starts with remembering that he is with me. And I really think it has everything to do of taking hold of the promise here that we see in Romans chapter 8, 31 that says that God is not only with me, but God is for me. I want you to say that with me. God is for me. Say it again. God is for me. And so the good news is, is that because all of us face battle, uh, we do, we face battles in our lives, uh, daily battles, a lot of battles which actually end up leaving us paralyzed even though they're so small. God says here, this battle that you're fighting it's not yours because this day belongs to me. The stuff that you're coming up against, even though it feels extremely personal, I am your God. I fight for you. God solves our problems, so let him solve it. He is for us. That means that when I'm a child of God, my problems become his problems. And, and I just have to tell you, hello, he is way better at fighting any battle than I ever am. And our job is to trust him in that. To trust him. To work in that. And I think the reason why we find ourselves so tired and fatigued and overwhelmed and discouraged at times is that I think oftentimes we get stuck in this, this Atlantic Atlantis complex, we walk around feeling like we have to carry the weight, of the, sh uh, the weight of the world on our shoulders, as if it all depends on me. And when I finally resign my position as general manager of the universe, <laughs> I start to realize that things actually don't really fall apart, that I can relax in faith, realizing that God is able to run life as I know it. Has God ever last, lost a battle? Thank you. Okay, let's try that again. Has God ever lost a battle? No, no you can be certain of that. <laughs> he doesn't lose battles. <laughs> and because he's never lost a battle, we don't need to be afraid because he is for us. Regardless of your problems, your difficulties, the barriers, the circumstances of your day, the hang-ups, the delays, all of the things that complicate life, God is for you. We're going to end here. I believe that uh, believe that what Noah and Enoch and Abraham would say about getting God into our, our life and connecting with him in our daily life is not about compartmentalizing our faith. It's not just dropping our backpack because of, of, it's an integrity issue or it's a money issue or, or just because the pace of life is too fast. I think if they were really connecting with this illustration, we would hear from these patriarchs that it's about taking our faith and taking God with us throughout the day. That he literally becomes a part of who we are and that we literally become a part of who he is. That God's presence begins to be felt around me. 
because I'm acknowledging that the day is his. <laughs> that there's a, a courage. There's a courage that wells up in, inside of me because I realize that, that, that God is for me. That, that, that suddenly there's purpose in my life and suddenly I can, I can go to the offices and sit in my cubie or do whatever I have to do today because I know, I know that he's with me. And that it's just not a religion that I sit on a shelf on Sundays, but it is a relationship with him. I started doing something about two years ago. Um, I was challenged by, uh, by a guy I met who lives in California. So I took this challenge, I expanded on it a little bit in my life. And almost every morning, sometimes I forget, but almost every morning, I wake up and I, push, I put on my watch, which I just now broke. <laughs> I put the watch on my, my wrist and, and almost ceremonially, I say, God, today is your day. Your agenda is my agenda. God, drive my day. I never take off my wedding ring, but I always make it a practice of spinning it. <laughs> right after I put the watch on, I say, God, today, my marriage is your marriage. Help me to be the man that you've designed me to be. And then I do this third thing, and I actually don't like it at all. I hate wearing jewelry. But I have a couple different crosses that I wear that I always slip underneath my shirt, and I don't like it because I always get stuck in my chest hair. Um... I'm not going to include that in the second and third service, but. <laughs> I'll put it on, and I'll look in the mirror that's right beside the door of my bedroom, and I will say, today, God, I'm your man. You are my God. Lead me as you see fit. Sometimes I, I run late, and I just put it all on really fast. And a few times I found myself just walking back to the mirror and saying it again. If you've been taking your backpack off, compartmentalizing God, making him a check, check just part of your check-off to-do list, I want to challenge you that it starts by renewing your day with him. By saying, God, I choose to live this day, this whole day, with you, for you. And through you, because this day is not about me, it's about you. And then hold on and prepare yourself to experience God's strength and presence. There's some of you in here too that, that maybe you're just, you're here for the first time, second time, whatever, you're, you're checking out God. <laughs> you're trying to figure out what what this is all about. And for you, I would say, man, keep coming to K2. This is a great place to work out your faith, to ask some tough questions, to really wrestle through this tugging that you're feeling and ask the tough questions. But for you, I would, I just, I want you to know that all of this, all of these promises, everything we've talked about today, God says is available by simply saying yes to him. That's it. You don't have to figure it all out. 
but just simply by saying yes to him. If that's something you're interested in, there'll be a couple people up here afterwards. I'll be up here too. And I'd love to talk with you. Would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads. God, I, I, don't, I don't know where it happened. I think we tend to think that our busy lives and the complexity of the day is, is a modern phenomenon, but I'm, I, bet, I bet it's always been there. I bet the enemy has always been trying to distract us, get us away from you, to simply make our, our relationship with you more of religion, and it would be an intimate walking God, we confess, I confess right now to you that I'm so guilty of that. Lord, I confess that I need, I need your prodding. You know, these little things, this ring, this watch, this necklace, it all helps position me, but, but, but God, I need your prodding. You're, 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 you pursuing me to remind me that you're with me, that you're for me, that this isn't my day. It's never been my day. It's always been yours. <laughs> After all, you, uh, God, you're the one that put the planets into orbit. God, you, you, you feed this furnace of the sun. You, you know every single light that is in, this, in the sky, all, all, the, all the stars, and yet you even know the hairs on my head. You know intimately where, where I just need my hand to be held throughout the day where I need encouragement, where I need to know your presence, where, where I need to have scripture come flooding back to me, where I just need to be in constant communication with you. You know what I need. So God, help us to be a people <laughs> that would walk with you hand in hand throughout our days. God, begin to remove distractions that, that vie for our attention. God, remove the temptation to simply throw you in a box and to check you off our list. You deserve so much more than that. You sustain us after all. You give us life. How can we just check you off? Thanks, God, <laughs> that even in that, you still love us. You're a great God. It's in your name. Thank you.